Okay, here we go. Three, two. So Mandy, thank you so much for joining us. Um, before we kind of look like what you're doing now, uh, just tell me how you like first got started in acting and kind of what was like your inspiration for it? When I first got started in acting? Yeah. Um, well, I actually was a really shy, I was shy, a shy, intelligent girl. <laughs> and, uh, and then I went to this school that was a school for experiential learning. I grew up in Los Angeles. And when I went to this school, they were very interested in developing the whole child and not just the academic aspect of the child. So it was a really well-rounded curriculum. And um, the arts was like a huge part of uh, this, the school. And I, I started doing acting in school and showcases and I really loved it. And it was like, I came out of my shell and it was a totally different part of my personality that I didn't even really, I just never knew it. And um, so, so I started there and then one of my friends was in an acting class this woman diane harden diane hill harden who had the young actor space in uh los angeles in the valley and uh, i went to that and uh started you know i thought you know all these other kids were doing like commercials and little house on the prairie and you know all these shows that were right. going on back in the the early 80s and uh I thought I was never going to get a job because nobody looked the way that I looked, you know, like basically I must've been like the only like Jew in Los Angeles trying to act at that age. (laughs) And it it just wasn't a thing. So, um, you know, all the kids were like redheaded with freckles and, you know, just adorable. And I, I was just, I I remember crying to my acting teacher, Diane saying, I don't think I'm ever going to work, you know, it's, I was like, you know, 12 or 13. And I went like, no sooner was I on the stage crying <laughs> than I got an audition for a Neil Simon play, a Broadway show um, called Brighton Beach Memoirs, which right. was um, starring Matthew Broderick. And he was not actually famous at the time. We were, um, it was, I was in the original company. I got cast in Los Angeles. I replaced this girl, Luann, who was an actress back then. Um, she was in the George Burns movies, Oh God, okay, and yeah. Oh God book two. She right. was a cute, one of those cute little redheaded girls. And, um, I ended up replacing her and, uh, I, you know, hit a home run out of the park. And my first job, I mean, I'd never even babysat before was a, you know, in the original company of a Broadway show. I, I started at the Amundsen where they, you know, we first did previews of the Amundsen here in Los Angeles. Then, um, and that was with, like I said, Matthew Broderick, um, Joyce Van Patten, Peter Michael Getz, Elizabeth Franz, Jelko Ivanek, and uh, Jody Thielen. And it was an ensemble cast. Um, it was uh, the first of his trilogy that was like autobiographical, the right. first of Neil Simon's trilogy. And uh, yeah, so I got this really amazing experience where I got to participate in the creation of a Broadway show, um, you know, and um, we, so we went from here to San Francisco and then New York, Broadway, um, and that was in, I guess, 1983, and uh, I was 15 when I got to New York, and it was really my first time to New York, and it was an amazing experience to have to be in New York in 1983, because um, everything was just the New York you know, arts scene and the right. theater scene and the hip-hop scene, it was all happening then. Um, so yeah, that was my that was how I started, and I, I just really had the passion 
you know, I just, just, I really had a passion for, um, being on stage and, um, I think I was really just trying to like sort of do something with my large emotions, you know, whereas when you're, you know, younger, people don't really, you know, there's, that was a great way to express how I felt and to take all of my complicated emotions and to channel it into something and have visibility doing it, you know, to be sort of witnessed while you are doing something like that is pretty, um, it, it feels pretty powerful, you know, empowering. Um, so that's what my inspiration was pain yeah (laughs) right (laughs) yeah now like doing a Broadway show was that something like after doing that show you thought well I want to do another one or you You know what I felt I felt like because none of my family was actors and I didn't like know it wasn't like I you know got it wasn't a reality in my world it was just wasn't you know I didn't know I didn't know anyone that was doing that I kind of felt like I kind of felt like I manifested something like that. I, it was like, Whoa, I hit a home run out of the park. And what I felt was that no matter what happens the rest of my life, I know that I can do something that seems impossible. So it actually gave me this like big scoop of confidence, uh, sort of faithful confidence. Um, I guess it gave me faith in myself and, and I really need that because I'm sort of a naturally, um, I'm like a kind of naturally insecure person. And so my accomplishments have always been like sort of needed in order to just even keep me going to the next thing. So I think that, that I just felt like, wow, I did it. (laughs) And I've always, and I always knew that it was like, that was all I needed to do in order to really know I could do stuff. Was your, your, yeah. Since you mentioned that your family wasn't like actors or anything like that, were they supportive in your like, you know, kind of, endeavors yeah 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 my family was you know my mother my my history is that my mother was born in a um in a displaced persons camp an internment camp in the in germany right after the war and her so her family is like you know they're they were in the holocaust basically like like a lot of my family was killed my grand my you know my grandfather's mother and all of his siblings and um so my grandparent there so my mom is an immigrant and um who acclimated really well and was very like entertaining um and then my um father was uh, my father was a a lawyer he started off as a cp you know they had me when they were like really young so i watched my dad sort of become um you know become a lawyer and become his own sort of success story and uh they were young and they were really um progressive um and so it was a very open environment in a way a little unruly right but <laughs> but very like you know la california cutting edge you know that kind of a thing and so yeah so i was like kind of given a lot of autonomy in, in my life yeah. and uh yeah they were supportive um my mother obviously had to drive me to all my auditions there were no there were no answering machines or well, anything course, like that yeah. back then. So she was like taking the calls at my house and like <laughs> you know writing down the auditions and all right. of that. And um, and then when I went to New York, um, she went back and forth. Um, and my my family actually my my father my family broke up like when I came back to L.A. after Brighton Beach. My 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 family was uh, you know I, it was like totally broken up. So. Okay. 
I, I know that feeling as well. Yeah, it's, it's not fun. <laughs> well, it was an interesting experience because I left, I left to go do this amazing thing, and then my family fell apart while I was away. And when so when I came back, you know, I had never, like, I don't remember the last time that I lived with my dad. You know, it was right. like it all just sort of dissolved, and and also that school dissolved. So it was like I came back to a whole new life yeah. as so, an actor. Right. You know. So did you feel you kind of had to like start from like square one then? What do you mean start start what from square one? Like you know moving back to California, you, you did this great show in New York, but then like your school kind of dissolved. Did you just kind of have to just start searching for work? Did you know did like roles come well, to you? Well, no, or? I mean I was so I came back to, to, from New York when I, I was still fifteen years old. I had to like what I what happened was like I had to switch schools and I had you know like all of that, and then I started auditioning from you know from the new position um and i got you know i the next job that i got was my first tv job um which was charles in charge charge. yeah Mm -hmm. and um so that was you know so that was that was uh, also a great experience i ended up becoming a recurring character on that show and played this sort of like awkward sort of (laughs) this weird girl enid yeah Yeah. that was uh she was really really into horses and uh she was a very like popular character actually and um yeah so that so that's what happened next so no i didn't feel like i had to start over i felt like you know now i now i'm an actress you know now i you know so it was like a lot of auditioning and getting jobs i got a lot of jobs i got a lot of the jobs that i went out for so um again my looks were sort of a like a, a they kind of pigeonholed me, you know, so I couldn't go out for every audition because I wasn't the right type, but the ones that I did go out on, I got a lot of them. So the, the, so, you know, that. (laughs) Right. Right. So it's kind of like the kind of quirky, like best friend character, right? That's what it kind of would pigeonhole you into. No, I wouldn't say that. I I think that I, I definitely like, I guess, I, be, I was a young character actress, is right. what I would say. Okay. So rather than being like just the everyday, you know, just, you know, like, I wouldn't fit into every role, but I did, I was a character. Right. Um, so, you know, so it depends on, it depends on which part. I mean. Yeah. Right. So. Except, yeah. Except the first thing I did see you when it was in Charles in Charge. And I remember, like, ironically, the, the episode, the first episode you were in, I think Christine Applegate was in it as well. And you were like, yes. the, yeah, and you were like the one who stood out in, in that episode. You, you brought all your horses to the house, yeah, you know, laid them yeah. out on the bed, and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And it brought you, it brought you back. But um, yeah, so, so there's this interesting thing about like being different. It's right. not always. It's like it's like um, I got a lot of uh, validation for being unique. You yeah. know what I mean? And whereas, like, if you think about the world, you know, where most people are trying to just sort of like fall into line and do what everybody else does and it's a real interesting experience to um be in the world and be totally yourself and even though it's not like the quote-unquote popular thing it kind of ends up being a standout thing which is its own uh wonderful experience you know um so yeah, and yeah, like all those roles, you you were fantastic, and and then you know moving on to Cheers, which you know at the time you were on it was probably the top show in America. But by the time yeah, it, it I, came I on. so I yeah, the, an interesting story that I'll tell you about when I 
I, when I was in New York, it was actually Cheers was my father's favorite show, okay. and it, it actually wasn't high rated when it first started. No, it didn't. Yeah. And and um, I I actually used to listen to the Cheers theme in my room in <laughs> New York. Um, and it, when I was doing Brighton Beach, uh, and I was like 15, and I visualized myself playing Rhea Perlman's daughter. Wow. And uh, years later, it was like two years later, I, I went for the audition at Paramount, and I, I I think I had forgotten, really, that I had visualized that, but, but I ended up getting that role, which, um, you know, that, that, was a, that was a really amazing experience. I mean, cheer, and then Cheers, you know, the writing is so good on of that course, show. Yeah. And, and uh, you know the the they were like a real family, and that was a that was a really fun experience. The first um, t- the first episode that I was in, I was seventeen, right. um, and we played for those that, that don't know this. I I basically played Carla's son's girlfriend, that, and they wanted to get married. They yeah. were underage, and so they needed Carla's approval. And um, I was supposed to be like a mini Carla, and. Um, so going toe to toe with her, like with toughness and everything. And, um, so my first episode was actually the first week that Woody Harrelson joined the cast and, uh, they shot two episodes that week. And, uh, I remember I like, I'm a total, I have a total eye for, <laughs> I was just like him, you know, like he's talented. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that, that was, uh, it was great to sort of watch, you know, just kind of watch all of that unfold. And, um, we then, did a spinoff from those characters right. that were on Cheers, and we did the Tortellis, which we filmed right next door to the Cheers uh, studio. And then once that show had its sort of, it went for thirteen episodes. We, uh, my Anthony um, Timothy Williams, who played my husband, and I went back onto Cheers, and uh, I think my last episode was like at age twenty-one. So it was a good three years of being in that Charles Burroughs Charles family, mm-hmm. which was a uh, pretty great um opportunity and for me that the, all the shows i was doing at that time because i was doing like my sister sam at the same right. time which which was a show with cam dauber and yeah. you know rebecca shaver and uh, like it, those were like my it was as if because i didn't go to college those were my that was my campus and those right. were my classes you know um so those were great experiences yeah i mean because Cheers cast, I mean, there's no better cast to learn from, and that's probably one of the best ensemble casts in history. Yeah, I mean, and I guess for me, I can't say that, I, I mean, I, I don't want to, like, toot my own horn, right. but um, I wouldn't say I was, like, learning, I was just playing with them, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I was one of them, and for me, you know, from my perspective. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard, like, when a show spins off while, like, the show that it's spun off from is still on. I always feel like those really yeah. don't do well. Like Frasier, obviously, it, you know, it spun off afterwards. And it's always hard to kind of do those shows. Yeah, I mean, you know, like we could talk about the problems, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to talk about the, the problems and the strengths of anything. But, you know, I mean, it's – it's I, you're probably right. I don't really I, – I would have to, you know, I'd have to think about that. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, we did not – we did well like the first night when we were on after cheers and uh but um but we also i mean i think that there was you know first of all that show had a lot i think had a lot of problems but but also it was like one of those anti-hero shows which wasn't that popular i think um married with children was like 
just... in that era that right. when that came up people were interested in that yeah but someone pointed out to me that that actually archie bunker was the first anti-hero in sitcoms yeah pretty and, much uh, yeah. you know so the anti-hero does it, it can work really well and especially it works well now but yeah and it's because like you know nick was like you know recurring character would pop up here and there and then just to like kind of build the show around who you know dan and data is he's great i love him and everything he does but it's it's kind yeah. of it's, it's kind of hard to you know build a show around like that i think you're right i mean i you know really i have no idea why why they chose those characters but i, I was certainly happy about that and i was also um pretty psyched you know that after that was over that we were invited back to cheers so i don't know you know i if i were the uh i'm not the creator and i'm not the you know i'm, not, right. I'm none of that i was just the you know the talent yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah but yeah cheers i mean for that show to last as long as it did and still be as funny at the end was what was great writing totally great writing great writing i mean you can't you just you, can't, you almost can't be bad you know when it's that good yeah, and then same with Frasier. I, I, I was more of a Cheers fan than Frasier, but Frasier also, the writing was brilliant, and that lasted, I think, longer than Cheers did. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. But, I got rid of my TV in, like, 1988, so anything between right. 1988 and, like, today, I haven't seen. Oh, uh, <laughs> smart. That's, that's actually a smart idea, <laughs> you know? But, well, but, you know but, what's funny? Now I look, now I, um, now that, you know, I, I got tricked into having a TV by having a computer, and, like, the shows that are on now are amazing. They I mean, are, yeah. It's a whole other caliber of, of uh, acting and writing and talent. It's amazing. Right, and you know, it's funny, because, like, if you, you think of a show like The Tortellis may have lasted it if it was on, like, one of those other networks, you know, one of those streaming networks. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. and, but, you know, it's funny, because, like, you have your cell phone, and you can watch TV on your phone. So, technically, you really have a TV. <laughs> Totally. Now I have a TV. It's yeah. Official. Yeah. Exactly. Multiple. Because you have a computer now, you have a phone, so you got more than one TV. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's but a problem. Yeah. Totally. Totally. But <laughs> this is uh, 30th anniversary of Teen Witch, a movie that obviously you, you starred in. Um, cult classic. Because when it came out, it kind of just like died in theaters. Like I think it was in and out of the theaters like in one week, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was not expecting for the, of all the things that I've done in, in my yeah. life, I was certainly not expecting for Teen Witch to be, you know, my legacy. Um, but it certainly has outlasted the test of time. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, of all the things that I have ever accomplished or will accomplish, that Teen Witch will probably be like that one last thing that sticks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is that is that a blessing and a curse, you think? I mean, I don't think anything really is a curse. I mean, right. I think that it's like, you know, at a certain point, I, when I was younger, I definitely, you know, when I did Teen Witch, I thought, oh, whatever, this is just going to disappear. Because yeah. there was, because for those of you who are listening who are, you know, very young, there was no internet. There was no, like, I really thought things would just disappear. Right. And um, now it turns out that nothing actually disappears. Nope. And uh, Teen Witch, you know, lives on. And, and at first I was, you know, I guess mortified um, because I really was like, oh, you know, whatever. And then I, and then it just kept living on, I guess, through a Disney channel or something. And, and then, but always young girls, gay men, um, you know, <laughs> come up to me. And at first it was like 10 year olds or 12 year olds right. that would come up to me. And then, then it would be like, then they're 20, then they're 30, <laughs> you know, and, and then there, there's always new crops, you know, that keep coming up. So, 
um, yeah, Teen Witch is, uh, at a certain point, I just uh, surrendered to it and realized that people, whatever, for whatever the reason, you know, it just it touched something in people. And uh, what's bad about that? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, uh, and there's also some like great blessing in having your most embarrassing moment, like seen by so many people. <laughs> it's liberating for it for me, very freeing. And uh, I'm pretty just like okay with whatever public things happen to me, you know? Right. Now, uh, you pretty much stole that movie with the top that rap. Um, when did you... Don't tell that to Robin Lively. Uh, no, well, I, well, she... <laughs> basically, basically, she spoofed it. So, I mean... And w- which, I know. Which was fabulous. So, you would think that, you know, you, you stole the movie. She wanted to, you know, portray you. Uh, I know. Yeah. What, um... <laughs> look, when did you realize, like, that like kind of rap had a life of its own when did i realize it um that's a great question because i kind of divorced myself from the you know sort of media for so long i'm not i can't remember it just never went away you know what i mean like people would like come up to me all the time and be like they'd look at me in a certain way and they'd be like you know, you're going to think I'm crazy or <laughs> you're not going to believe this. And I'd be like, Teen Witch, you know, because it would just be like a certain um, <laughs> a look in the eye. Yeah. And, you know, people would be, it, would, it was as if it was their family thing. And, oh, my God, I love. So I kind of was getting that that personal feedback. Um, and uh, then with the Internet, you know, it just would. Keep, it's like it just goes in these waves where people will send me something and they'll be like, "Oh my god!" But it just happens so often that I, yeah. I got that it was a big deal. And then I said, you know, then once you start googling it, you realize, wow. I mean, if I wanted to tonight, I could probably go Google it and like get go down a rabbit hole and find a bunch of new stuff. You know, right? Um, I mean, there are things like on the on um, Instagram. Today I saw a thing of cards that people are doing with my face and, like, something that I said, my face, my face with the the hat. I'm like, these people are making money off of, like, a cartoon image of me. Um, Like, I should be doing that. But, um, (laughs) yeah, I don't know how to – I don't know what to say. One time, though, I – so Robin and I – Robin shared with me – we're still friends. So Robin shared with me about um, this one – this guy peaches christ it's actually uh, a uh, uh i don't know how to say a female impersonator or like okay. what do you how do you call it oh, um, oh yeah um like a drag queen yeah drag queen okay. so this drag queen peaches christ has this huge following in san francisco and they do like these they do like um musical reviews where all these um drag queens play play all the girls in the movie and do like these musical reviews and they do all of the they do all the scenes and then they show the movie and the crowd they get like a thousand people there (laughs) so one year i think it was three years ago i i decided to go because um i i actually had you know i I have a pretty established um presence as a a fitness and wellness instructor um at this point in my life and I was wanting to do something to just sort of get out of my life, you know, and kind of do something different. So I was like, yeah, I'll go to this interview. I'll do a Q&A. 
And I went, and, you know, people traveled. There was a guy that traveled from Alaska to come see the show. He saw me, and he's like, you know, you you don't understand. I came from Alaska. (laughs) My 30th birthday was revolved around the top of that scene, you know. And and it was just like, wow, people really, really love this movie. Um, And it was just really fun to experience the real-time fans and you know it's just it's a fun thing it's kind of beyond me to be honest with you it's just one of those things yeah and that it's being like you know parodied on tv shows like 30 rock had it and uh was it jack antonoff did a did a great uh, version of it as one robin of course which which was hysterical uh how long did it take you to kind of you know master or memorize the lines I I can't remember that at all. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like I'm 51 and I don't remember. I barely, you know. Right. I, I barely remember my own name. <laughs> no, that's not true. Right. But um, yeah. I I I mean, I don't. I think memorizing lines at that point in my life was not that difficult because yeah. you know you're just sort of in that mode all the time. Um, and but from what I gather, <laughs> from what I'm gathering from other what other people say right. is that we had like a, basically that was a reshoot. So ta- or it was not even a reshoot; it was an extra added scene when we were doing reshoots. So after we wrapped the movie, um, I was presented with some extra scenes that I was going to do, and which so when I signed up to do the movie, I never knew that I was going to be doing a rap. Yeah. And so when that scene came up, I was like, oh, really? Okay. And you mean my character actually has a crush on um, Rhett. <laughs> Noah's character? Yeah. Uh, what was his name? Rhett. Rhett. So wait, I had no idea when we were doing the rest of the movie that my character was like, that ha- had a crush on him. And hmm. so I, I was just thinking, oh my gosh, how is this going to work? And then we just... You know, Noah actually said to me, Mandy, you know, we better commit. We just have to commit. And so I did, we had like one or two rehearsals, I think, for that choreography, if you can believe it. That's like rehearsed choreography. Okay. And yeah. um, we even laid down some tracks. And I, from, from what I can tell, it's either very sweetened or it's somebody else's voice. But yeah. like, I always thought it was my voice sweetened, but maybe it's not. Because right. Robin said it wasn't. <laughs> and, but all I know is I went and I recorded, you know. Yeah. And then, um, and uh, yeah, it was just one day in the middle of Glendale, in the streets of Glendale, the mean streets of Glendale. <laughs> there we were doing that rap, doing that showdown. And uh, I just freaking went for it best as I could. So yeah, well, you, the rest you, is history. Yeah, absolutely. And you totally nailed it. Did uh, How many takes did it, did it take, really? <laughs> I don't remember, but I'm, I'm sure that not too many because um, – it was a very low budget film. Okay. <laughs> right. So we couldn't go on and on forever. Um, I don't remember that though. I don't remember how many takes. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's, it's, you can just watch the scene on YouTube and you, you watch the movie. It's, it's, it's fabulous that scene. But, um, I just talk about what you're doing now. You're a fitness expert and, uh, how did you get involved in that? Um, I was always really, I mean, I, when I was a child, I was, like I said, I was raised in Los Angeles and, you know, so we were macrobiotic and we, you know, practiced yoga and it was a fitness family. You know, my father, um, used to, you know, whatever he wrote his, he used to ride his bike 40 miles a day, do yoga for two hours, blah, 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 meditation. And so I, um, basically was raised in that. And, uh, I was always a, an obsessive exerciser to tell you the truth. And, um, 
eventually I, um, I mean, I went, I had some like, I had some personal stuff happen in, in my life. Um, and I, uh, I actually was, uh, was physically assaulted and attempted raped when I was 22. And so I was, um, no longer in the mood to work a room. Right. Um, so I, I had, um, a, like a good five years where I just let myself heal and kind of thaw out. Um, and then I, during that period of time, I kind of got to a point after five years where I had to, you know, I, I was living off the money that I had made up until that point and I needed to work. And so one of the things that came up was, um, teaching because I was always, you know, cause I was always exercising. Right. So the first thing I did was I started teaching spinning in 1996 and I became a, like a super popular spinning instructor um, at that time. And, uh, from there I, um, did a yoga teacher training, not, not because I thought I was going to teach yoga, but just because I wanted to add one more thing into the mix. You know, yeah. I already, I'd already practiced for so many years and, uh, I just thought I would get certified for fun. And, uh, that, that, that came, um, from three, from a few different angles. You know, I, I, um, started teaching yoga, um, in my spinning classes, um, a lot of celebrities came to my spinning class, so it was like there was a lot of buzz around my class. Okay. Um, I was like best of Los Angeles in 1996, and um, became sort of this whatever this you know local celebrity, and um, and then I think uh, Jennifer Aniston mentioned me in a Vogue magazine article in. I don't remember what year it was, but she mentioned me and, uh, from there, you know, sort of put me on the map in terms of being a yoga instructor. Um, and I produced my own DVD, created my own brand, which is yoga philosophy. Um, and, uh, then wrote a couple of books. Um, one of them was a New York times bestseller. Um, my books are yoga philosophy, 28 days to the ultimate mind body makeover and, yoga philosophy for inner strength and uh basically um you know i've traveled the world uh, working with lots of different people and uh you know basically motivational speaking and um teaching self-love really loving your body into shape is really a huge part of it for me um because as a not just as an actor but as a perfectionist woman growing up in Los Angeles um I you know had my own issues with my body image and control and eating disorders and over exercise and so I developed a way of um working on my body and working with my mind to um find healthy ways of you know being in my body and uh, celebrating myself into shape rather than beating myself up into shape. Um, so, yeah, so that's what ended up happening. I, I, I started doing that in 1996 and basically been doing that for 20 years and, uh, you know, I've been very successful at that. And now I'm working actually on a solo show, uh, on a solo performance show. Oh, great. So, yeah, so it's kind of like come full circle, um, but but yeah, I've been lucky enough to have been you know had a whole other career which I 
really didn't know about. Like, I didn't know that I was a teacher. I didn't know that I was a motivator. I didn't know that I liked to be responsible to people on a daily basis. Um, so, yeah, that, that's like a whole other part of who I am and, and what unfolded for me. Um, and also, I did in, in that aspect of my life, I used all of my creativity, you know, in that. And uh, um, actually was... Uh, way more like the creator like the producer the director the writer you know and uh that was very again empowering in a totally different way that's awesome that solo show you're gonna do is that gonna you're gonna tour that around the country i i you know i i never whenever i do anything i never um i don't think about I'm not, I'm not currently thinking about the outcome of it, okay. meaning I don't care what the result is. It's right. just I'm doing it really for, for my you. for myself. Right. Um, I think that artists need to do things for themselves, you know. Um, so I don't know what it's going to become. It could be like, you know, two ants, you know, and <laughs> one human being like right. in a room or it could yeah. be like, you know, a tour. Right. So I don't know what the result is yet, but. Well, whatever you decide, I hope it works out for you. Mandy, this was great. Thank you so much Thank for your you. time tonight. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And yeah, Mandy, thank you so much. This was great.